Good evening, everybody, and along with Pastor Christian, we want to say thank you for joining us for our midweek service tonight. We pray that you're blessed and that you feel the presence of the, the Lord right there in the space that you're in. It's been a powerful time over the past, man, I think it's been a couple months now, uh, to be able to gather in our homes and feel the presence of the Lord. Now, nothing will replace the gathering of the saints in God's house but this has been a respite where we've been able to enjoy the presence of the Lord in our own house, and it's just been refreshing. I want to remind you, before we get into the Word this evening, of a couple things. Pastor Christian talked about it a few moments ago. Don't miss our drive-in service this Sunday at 1030. If you go on our website or our app or on our social media, you'll be able to see all the details about that service. It's going to be a great time. The last one was so powerful, and we're going to turn that parking lot into a praise zone again, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Friday and Saturday, we're doing the chalk your spot, so you want to do that. Come out and save your space. Uh, put a nice design on there for your family and save your space. Also, and this is one of the better things about it, we're doing a food drive. So many people are going through a rough season right now, and they're in need, and it's our opportunity to bless them. Uh, so get online, see the type of items that would be good to bring, and bring some non-perishable items. You might be able to make a food box for a family of two or a family of four or a family of five, and you can bring it already prepared for them as well. Yesterday, the mayor released uh, her plan or her guidance for the city of Norman concerning reopening. And so I want all of you to stay tuned over the coming days. Pastor Rick will be giving us guidance concerning the reopening of Quest Church. So just keep a lookout for that. We're excited to get the people of God back together. But don't miss this Sunday, 9 a.m. online service, and then 10.30 drive-in. You know, I'm so grateful for our pastor. Um, obviously, I'm filling in for him tonight. And uh, first, I just want to say thank you to him uh, for trusting me to bring you the word, especially during a critical time like this. Uh, but secondly, he has been so amazing during this time between the word the wisdom the direction that he's been giving us over the past few weeks I'm just thankful to be under his cover I know you are too send him a message uh, maybe a dm message or post something on facebook or whatever and just let him know how much you appreciate him as your pastor as your leader and for his guidance during this season well I'm excited about the word don't forget to share this hit those those thumbs and those hearts comment if you're enjoying the word tonight and let's Let's dive in and have a great time in the Lord tonight. Amen? Open your Bibles to John chapter 10 and verse 10. We're going to start there. John 10 and verse 10. Now, this is a passage of Scripture or a saying that Jesus gave us. We all know this very well. Um, it's a popular verse, and we reference it quite often. And so what I'm going to try to do tonight is bring us to a different awareness uh, or a different thought process concerning this particular verse of Scripture. Amen? All right, let's dive in. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come, this is Jesus speaking, that they may have, they being his sheep or they being his followers, that's you and I. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it, more abundantly. The thief came to do one thing, but I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Over the next few minutes, we're going to talk on the subject, the reward of abundance, the reward 
of abundance. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this evening. We're so thankful to be able to feel you, to experience you, to receive from you. And God, I just pray over the next few minutes that you would take control and just speak to your people. Help us to grow. Help us to advance. Help us to get to the place that you have intended for us to be. Help us to stay in and on purpose. And through it all, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The challenge of this season is identifying, you know, what's the purpose behind all this? There's so many questions through all of it. You know, why did it happen? How did it happen? Where did it come from? Everybody's eager to get on the the couch and watch the briefings from the president of the White House. Uh, They're looking for when we're going to reopen. Should we stay closed longer? There's so many questions in it. And, you know, I think it's important that we isolate what our responsibility is in it all, okay? As a believer, I'm going to share some convictions concerning myself this evening, and I pray that it blesses you. As a believer, as a follower of the Lord, I feel convicted, and I've also taken this lead from Pastor Rick, that this season has given me an opportunity to grow, to increase, and to progress. To grow, to increase, and to progress. And I think that that applies to every aspect. I think that applies to every aspect. Like, for instance, uh, just the fact that we're streaming all of our service has allowed us the opportunity to expand or increase our reach outside these walls. It's also given us the ability or the opportunity to reach those in need because this has identified a lot of people's need. It has also simplified things. It's brought things down to the essential level. And that's kind of where I want to start right here. I think it's important to understand the essential or the root purpose behind some of the things that God challenges us with. So let's talk about Jesus. He's the one speaking in this particular verse. And I want to take a look at his teachings, at his life, at his miracles, at his doings. At the root of all that he did, I believe there's this theme, this underlying or this consistent theme of growth. There's this consistent theme of advancing or increasing or progressing. Here's an example. Uh, The parable of the talents, the parable of the talents. He gives one, 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 three, one, five. Uh, There's also another parable of the talents with different amounts. But the point is this, that the one that withheld or didn't do anything with what they were given That was taken away from them. But the one that created increase or the one that created growth to that one was added too. There's this whole theme of progress there. Then there's the parable of the seed. You know, seed was cast on different ground, but the seed that landed on good ground produced fruit. So the potential in the seed was able to come out of the seed and be productive. What ground do you have when the seed goes forth? But the point is... The subject is progress, right? Or there's the parable of the prodigal son. And you say, well, how is that a parable of progress? What what we fail to understand sometimes is sometimes the challenges we go through, the failures and the mistakes that we make are actually stepping stones for us to get where God wants us to go. 
And so this prodigal son, he squanders everything that his father gave him, but progress comes in the end because he remembers he can return to his father's house. The whole point is the subject is progress, is progress, it's growth, it's increase. Even in his sayings, even in what Jesus said, Jesus would make statements like this, occupy until I come, increase, take possession until I come. I must be about my father's business, his work, his production, what he's trying to accomplish, his purpose. Greater works shall you do than what you've seen me do. In other words, there's an expectation on you to progress. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There's this tone or this expectation of progress. Even in his miracles, when he would perform a miracle, God would, Jesus would always consistently use the word go afterwards. You've heard him say it, go and sin no more. Sin means missing the mark, missing the mark. Really has to do with purpose, missing your mark in purpose. So he would tell them, go, I want you to progress. I don't want you to stay stuck. I don't want you to stay here. I don't want you to stay in the same mindset. I want you to go. I want you to grow, expand, increase, progress, and sin no more. Stay in and on purpose. The point of that little dialogue there is to kind of point to a central theme that I believe God, uh, more than a theme, a mandate that God has put on our lives to progress, to increase, to be fruitful, to multiply. We even hear that in Genesis. It's the first command he gave to man, be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply. So there's always this uh, innate a mandate from the Lord for us to progress. Even think about this. The first way we're introduced to God is not as Savior. It's not as Lord. It's not as Deliverer. It's not as Healer. The first way we're introduced to the Lord is as Creator. In the beginning, God created. Within five words, we're introduced to the Lord as Creator or Creative. Creative literally means having the ability or the power to produce or to be productive. And then everything he makes has a life cycle or is constantly evolving, growing, increasing, changing. The earth from then to now, think about the, the, the span of progress or the amount of increase and growth that has happened since that moment. In other words, everything he makes has in it the ability to produce or to grow. I look at my life, I look at myself right now, and I look nothing like I looked 10 years ago. I look nothing like I looked 20 years ago. (laughs) It's natural for us, even in our bodies, to change or to grow. And and that's really the premise I want to start this whole thought with. And, And we're We're about halfway through, but I I want us to get this understanding before we can take it to the next level and to find points where we can improve and we can grow. One of the the things I want to share with you about this is God is creative, right? He is creator, right? And a lot of times what we'll say is, man, that guy is creative, or that girl, she is creative, And we describe them as creative like it's a personality trait or like it's a gift they have. And I want to challenge that thought process for a minute because I believe that creativity, like love, faith, mercy, power, 
is not a gift. I believe that creativity is something that is innate in God's creation. I think it's a nature issue. I think it's part of the DNA of how somebody is created. It's just a matter on if they tap into it or they increase it. All right, so let's get into this word. We've heard it said that growth is optional, but change is inevitable. Growth is optional, but change is inevitable. One of the things I greatly appreciate about Pastor Rick during this season is how much he has challenged us uh, to be learners. What are we learning during this season? What are we taking away from this season? Are we going to come out greater than we were when we came into this thing? Are we speaking life? Are we doing things that produce positive, fruitful activity out of our lives during this season? And I took that to heart, and that's kind of why I am kind of working our way through this dialogue in tones of progression and growth. Because I want us to be challenged to be sure. We're almost coming to the end of this. We're not far away from the end of this. And we still have time to increase and grow. So we've heard it said growth is optional. Change is inevitable. Change is a constant. Change is something that can't be avoided. Change is something that uh, you cannot dismiss. It cannot be escaped. Change happens. Change happens. But growth is the option that we have. You know, what I've noticed is that people don't grow because they have a resistance to change. People don't grow because they have a resistance to change. People have a desire to increase, and that's good because that's what we should have. That's innate in us, to increase or to grow or to progress. But we resist change because the increase or the path to increase is undesirable. We desire increase, but the path to get there, we don't like that. We don't like what it looks like. For instance, most people don't resist change. They resist what form change shows up in. They don't like the way change showed up for them, so they resist it. Man, that's good. Be careful, be careful not to resist change just because you don't like the way it showed up. Because change is inevitable. It's our growth that we have to decide on. So the question is this, how are you progressing? How are you learning? How are you increasing? Because there is certainly change happening, right? It's happening all around us day after day. But the question is, how are you growing? How are you taking advantage of the opportunity? So here we find Jesus. Here we find Jesus. And he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This idea or the idea, the premise of God's, uh, Christ's dialogue here is to challenge the status quo of the Pharisees. He's challenging them. If you read the chapter before and you read through who he's talking to, he's talking to a multitude of people, but the Pharisees specifically because he's challenging the status quo or their religious stuck mindset. And so he's challenging them. And in the midst of all this, he's talking about a thief coming in and stealing sheep, right? That's, who, that's the whole premise of this dialogue is a good shepherd and his sheep and a thief coming in because a thief will, won't come by the way of the gate. He'll jump the fence or he'll break in. And the idea is he's coming to steal the sheep or to kill the sheep or to destroy it, 
right? Uh, but he's challenging, Christ is challenging the status quo of the Pharisees. In the previous chapter, he challenges their blindness. He challenges them because he heals one that is blind. He says, I came not only to, get, to restore sight to the blind, but to make others blind because he's frustrated with the status quo. So he imposes change on these people. So he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Pharisees are a great picture of resistance to change. They're great because Christ didn't challenge government. Christ challenged religion. Christ challenged a mindset that would keep you stuck. Because that wasn't his intention. You're representing God, but you're not representing what he says and does. So he's challenging the status quo. And I like it because he creates this contrast in the statement. The thief and what I've come to do. What the thief comes to do and what I've come to do. In other words, almost like there's always going to be a thief and there's always going to be me. Those are constants. But this is what he came to do and this is what I came to do. And it's like he gives us this choice. So let's, let's break it down and We'll be quick, but there's three ideas here I want us to look at. The thief, the opportunity, and the reward of it. The thief, the opportunity, and the reward. A lot of times when we quote this scripture, we say the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life. And Jesus never said that. Jesus said the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief could be anything. The thief doesn't have to be an enemy. The thief doesn't have to be a devil. The thief could be many different things. Let's look at it. The word literally means embezzler, thief, embezzler. So I wanted, obviously wanted to go deeper with that, and I looked at that definition. An embezzler is one who takes what has been entrusted to them, something was entrusted to them, and then they fraudulently manipulate it to benefit themselves. That's an embezzler. They're entrusted with something, and then they fraudulently manipulate it to benefit themselves. Not only does it mean embezzler, but it means pilferer. Pilferer. Pilf, a pilferer is one who steals, but particularly in small amounts. Particularly in small amounts. Um, in other words, I'm going to take it, and you won't even notice that it's gone. Or I'm going to take it, and it's not worth going after. You do that enough times, and your depletion is great. You take a little bit at a time, and it becomes much eventually. A pilferer and an embezzler. So what does a thief steal? Or, or what does the thief do? Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, you know, we, we, a lot of times we think that kill and destroy are the same thing, and it's not. To steal means to take away or to lessen. To kill means to end or to stop the life cycle. To destroy means to take away the progress or to bring it back to its beginning. Whatever's been erected, we break it down. So you have to start all over. So what it's doing in destruction is taking away everything that you've given to that point. So I like this idea that he identifies a thief. So what are some examples for us to take away from this? A thief could be a lot of things. I'm, I'm not going to expound on all of them, but I want you to think it through. Maybe you can identify them in your own life. A thief could be a relationship that's draining too much from your life. Or it could be a relationship that's constantly pouring negativity in you. It could be, um, it could be habits and routine. 
could be the fact that I'm in a go-with-the-flow mentality. It could be complacency. See, a lot of times we accomplish something, we think because we have accomplished something, we've arrived. And really, that's, we got to continually grow. Pastor Rick used to teach me when I was young, excellence isn't a destination. Excellence is a constant ascent to somewhere. There is no end point in excellence. You just keep getting better. And complacency can be a resistor to change. It can also be a thief that's taking away from your life or taking away from your progress. Here's the one I want to focus on, mindsets. Mindsets. I think mindsets have uh, play a critical role, maybe the biggest role, in the resistance to change because we develop belief systems when we're young. It says between the ages of 8 and 12, somewhere like that, uh, that we are established in our belief system. And no matter where we go in life, that belief system kind of follows with us and frames our paradigm, frames our way of thinking, it frames our decision-making, it frames our communication. And I think it's real important to challenge mindsets sometimes. Sometimes we develop mindsets firmly or rigidly that aren't necessarily 100% healthy. Now, I'm not talking about the gospel. We know what the gospel is. Jesus came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day before our sins. That's not the belief system I'm talking about. I'm talking about principles on which you build your life. Sometimes those principles aren't effective. Sometimes those principles aren't necessarily godly, and we don't examine them because we just assume they were set up properly. I want to challenge you in something concerning your belief systems. Be brave enough to challenge the belief systems in your life that are not consistent with who you are today or where you are today. Be brave enough to challenge belief systems that you have that are not consistent with who you are today or where you are today. Christians and church uh, people as a whole over history, not just presently and not this church, the body of Christ as a whole, We tend to put up these resistors. Religious people do. We put up these resistors to change because there's some form of stability that we like in it, and we're not willing to challenge some of the thought processes. That's why we sit in the same chair when we come to church, when we're allowed to come to church. We sit in the same chair every Sunday because we like that stability. Or we don't like the songs to change. Or why there's so many lights. Or why do we have to do it that way? And we're resistant to change because we like the comfortability of where we are. We don't realize that the increase, the progress, the productivity that comes from change can actually reach more people. Isn't that powerful? There's something that God has for you to increase in, to produce in, to progress in. And there's a thief at work in your life. There's a thief at work in your life. It might be a mindset, might be a relationship, it might be a habit, might be complacency. I don't know what it is for you. I've been able to identify some of those things during this season in my own life, and I'm so thankful that God allowed the opportunity for it because I would have never seen it otherwise because life was so busy and getting so mundane that I would have overlooked it. Now, I said a key word in there, the opportunity, and that's what Jesus does here. He creates the constants there's the thief and there's me there's Jesus and there's the thief and in the middle there are results or rewards the result the reward of the thief is steal kill and destroy the reward of Jesus is life and life more abundantly but in the middle is an opportunity or a decision what I've noticed about God and Christ is they've always laid out for us a decision or an opportunity to make 
an opportunity for us to take advantage of. The base of the idea of an opportunity is a choice. It's a decision. I tell my kids all the time that one bad decision can change any, everything. One decision, period, can change everything. It's funny how one bad decision can disqualify or destroy a whole life of progress. Isn't that interesting? We've seen it time and time again. It's important that we take advantage of every opportunity that God gives us, and that's what he's given us here. What are you talking about, Pastor Josh? Jesus says it right here. I have come that they may have life. King James says it like this. I have come that they might have life. May and might are both conditional statements, meaning you have a choice in it. You have the opportunity to make a good or bad decision, and based on that is the outcome or the reward, right? And here's what I, I see sometimes. We, we don't want to make those choices. We don't want to make those decisions. Um, we're scared of what will happen. And those are reasons, there's so many reasons that we won't make quality decisions, but just a couple are, one is fear. One is, is this going to benefit me, or is this going to hurt me, or what's going to happen on the other side of this? So the lack of knowledge of what will happen based on your decision. And so instead of making a decision because you just don't do anything, you stay the same because you're afraid of on the other side. And in not making a decision, you've made one. I know that's psychological jargon, but it's the truth. If you don't make a decision, in essence, you made one. Another uh, reason people make bad decisions is ignorance. Not just ignorance because they don't know, but because they, they're ignoring quality guidance. They choose to ignore the right path because they'd rather take this path. And finally, the last, one of the last reasons people don't uh, make a quality decision is because of pride. Pride. I want to do it my way. I want it to be done my way. I want to encourage you with something. Be careful not to mistake Pride for conviction. Be careful not to mistake pride for conviction. Another way to say that is never put your desire to be right above the making of a right decision. Never put your desire to be right above the making of a right decision. The Lord gave us an opportunity, and based on our decision is whether we'll be rewarded or not. The reward the reward of abundance. So we have the thief. We talked about the opportunity. Now here's, here's the final point, the reward of abundance. I have come that you may have, you may possess, you may take responsibility for, you may own, you may occupy, have life and have it more abundantly. You may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Every life has a cycle, we, life cycles. It's real simple. Think something is born or it's initiated. It goes through a developmental stage or a mature, maturation stage, and then it reproduces. That is a life cycle. Whether it's a plant, whether it's an animal, whether it's a human, everything that's living has a life cycle to it. So it's born or initiated. It has a developmental or maturation stage, and then it reproduces. 
That's the natural effect of a life cycle. Like I said at the beginning, I don't look anything like I did when I was younger. No matter what, my body is going to change. No matter what, my thinking is going to change. No matter what, I'm going to be constantly progressing until I reproduce, and that life cycle then begins a brand new one. So whatever I reproduce, then the life cycle begins for them. And I can reproduce at a, at a like I have four kids. I have a ton of kids. And, and so there's, there's this life cycle. It's natural. It's innate. God has the expectation. That's the way he created it. It has no choice but to mature and progress. So the question comes back to you. How are you progressing? How are you learning? How are you increasing here? He said, I came to give them life, a constant progression, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to produce, an opportunity for increase in their life. A lot of people are praying for increase. They want it so bad. God, send it my way. And the reality, or we're praying for abundant life. And we look at it like it's some material uh, acquisition, like it's the blessings or it's money. And you know what? The truth is, it can be that. It really can but I don't think it's so uh, confined to that. I think God is much bigger than that. He has expectations in us that are far greater than what kind of house we're living in, how much money we make, and what we're driving, and all those kind of things. I think God put us all here on purpose. I think you'd agree with that. And the life that comes up out of us, the abundance that comes up out of us, is a reward because in that life, in that abundance, we are walking in purpose. And there is no more fulfillment than in that purpose. When you're being productive, when you're being uh, uh, purposeful in your living and you're reproducing or you're growing, there's no greater feeling than that, that, that kind of life. And I think that's what God is referring to here because he's challenging these Pharisees. Think bigger than that. Stop being so rigid and routine and it needs to be like this in order for God to do something God is much bigger than us his ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and it's important for us not to confine him to a box and then in turn confine ourselves to a stagnant state of living I have come to bring life and life more abundantly now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask think or imagine and we stop right there and really the end of the verse is the most important part of the verse he does do exceedingly he does do abundantly but he does it according to the power at work within us the power that's growing progressing and moving in us i have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly i believe that god has brought us into this season to cut out all the excess all the non-essentials and say are you walking in the life that i sent you here for i promised you abundance don't deny it because of a thief don't resist it because you don't like the form change showed up in don't be a resistor to where I'm taking you just because it doesn't look like the way things used to be. I came that you may make the quality choice here. Make the right decision here to grow in life and to see the abundant harvest that I have in store for you. I want to leave you with this thought. The last thing Jesus said to his disciples before he left was go. Go and make disciples. Go and reproduce. 
the mandate on our lives is to continue to progress, to continue to grow and increase, and not to resist the change that God allows to show up. Because his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. The way he does things is not the way we always think he should. But he is God, and he is sovereign, and his way is always the best way. I just speak that into your life and into your living room right now. I pray this word challenged you. I pray that it caused you to think, if nothing else, because God has great abundance for your life. It's a reward that's yours, but you have an opportunity that you must take advantage of in order to experience it. God, I pray for everybody right now in the name of Jesus that you bless them. God, that you'd help them to see past their current mindsets. God, that you'd give them the courage to challenge mindsets. God, that you would help them to break down or push out the thief, those items in their life that would diminish the growth or progress that they have to enjoy. And God, right now, specifically for those that may be away from you or they've never come to a saving knowledge of you, God, that right now, I thank you, they have that opportunity. If that's you, just lift a hand. Maybe lift both. And just say, Lord, I love you. I give you my heart. I believe in you. And I submit to you now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. If that was you, if you prayed that prayer, let us know. We want to reach out to you and and just pray with you and help you along your way in your, in your walk with Christ. But there's a link there in the comments section where you can click it. I know it's a little form, but just fill it out so we know it's you, that you've given your heart to the Lord or that you've rededicated your life. And for the rest of you, I encourage you, don't forget to give. You know all the ways that you can do that. And we're going to have a great week, a uh, great rest of the week. Tomorrow is prayer at noon. Then Friday and Saturday, we have chalkier space out here in the parking lot. And then Sunday, 9 a.m. church online and then 10.30 drive-in service. Uh, we're doing a food drive, so don't forget that. It's going to be a powerful, powerful week. I speak the blessing of the Lord over you in Jesus' name. Thank you once again for being with us tonight. Success to you and success to the kingdom of God.